I, so I, was, I feel like what two episodes ago I was talking about this really cool app called Nextdoor, man. Yeah, um, I'm over it. I don't, I don't know if you put it that way. You're just like you heard of this app. Yeah, I'm over it. If it makes you feel oh. better, I'm already past the next door phase of my well, life. Well, be, be, because like your your big endorsement, your ringing endorsement of next door uh, last time was that somebody posted about a guy jerking off in front of somebody's window from a ring camera, and now you're disillusioned with it. Uh, helpful, but that's helpful information. <laughs> that's like a public service, Max. What are you mad about? Jesus Christ! I'm not mad about it. I'm just trying to clarify, man. Okay, well, you're, you've somehow made it more shrouded, like less clarity. Uh, it's, you're coming out against like the protection of women. That's weird. But anyway, um, no, this time I got really disillusioned because they proposed a, there's a proposition here in Glendale, which is one neighborhood over in as much that like, you know, like Turkey Creek is the delineating street between Brandon and, and, and Plant City technically. Yeah very similar. Like I live off Los Feliz Avenue. If you go on the other side of Los Feliz Ave, it becomes Glendale. Okay. This is important because there was a proposition that someplace in Glendale, they're going to put a, um, a drug rehabilitation center that they're going to build. It. It's going to have 56 beds and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, wow, that's fucking dope, man. Cool. And then I go to the comment section and even the post, and it's all about people who are like, not in my neighborhood. This is terrible. I'm going to do everything I can to stop this. Um, and that would be one thing if there was any like well thought out ideas or, 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 or reasons for these things, but they're just what you would think, which is like, Oh, I don't want fucking homeless people, drug addicts in my neighborhood. Uh, mm-hmm. And of course I'm an asshole. So I'm like, yeah, God forbid we'd be a beacon and, and, and give back with all our fucking resources to the less fortunate. And it just became this flame war. And when I realized it's like, Oh no, it's a more localized specific version of Facebook. What right. am I doing here? So I, I died. I deleted it. I'm over it. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, and God help you if there's any other, you know, door masturbators uh, running around, but I mean, maybe it's better not to know, you know, maybe, right. maybe not being aware of that. Like, I don't know what goes on outside of my apartment door most hours of the night. And I don't want to know. I don't need to know. That's a real cipher from uh, Matrix moment. He's eating that fucking steak. And he's like, I know this steak ain't real. Fucking that guy, right? Because he's Ralph Zaffaretto, too. Yeah. He's jo- having a jo- moment. Joe Pantoliano. <laughs> he's fucking killing it. I know these are 20-year-old roles. <laughs> but for me, he's having a moment, Max. Yeah, no, I mean, I, and like I said, I just got done watching uh, season four of The Sopranos. I'm on season five now, but that dude uh, kind of steals that show. He kind of almost steals every scene he's in. And well, he steals I, I in, love in every Gale, project Gale. too, dude. Yeah. Like, like uh, Bad Boys Two is not a good movie, but I kind of love it because he's insane in that movie. Uh, I haven't watched the new Bad Boys, but I will because he's in it. My point is, anytime he's in a movie. Yeah. I'm kind of going to be like, all right, well, it's better by virtue of him being in it. So what's the fucking problem? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, man, it's the idea is that like, I know this ain't real. You know what I mean? I, I just uh, getting out. Ignorance is bliss. That's the point. Uh, mm. And you know, I, I don't want to know if there's a dude masturbating as long as that's where it stops. Hey, eh? you know, yeah, like, man, well, <laughs> why'd you turn Canadian there? <laughs> Talking about public <laughs> masturbation just really brings out the Canadian in you. Um, yeah, man. Uh, ignorance is bliss. Uh, I used to be against that saying. Now I'm kind of for it. We know too much. Has it made any of us happier? Has it made uh, our lives better? It's made us more aware. And that's, that is like a good consequence of this year. We're, we're definitely more active and aware and keyed in. But I also don't need to see an article every day about how the whales are dying or how we're, you know, uh, failing, you know, uh, Guam or something. 
We've been failing Guam a long time. <laughs> Sorry. Because that would be amazing if that was the one thing Trump was on the right side about. He was like, we're going to do right by Guam. They didn't ask to be invaded. We Just, went there. <laughs> like, he like personally makes sure that Guam is like, okay, they're on the rise as the United States is on the decline. Yeah, wow. he's passing that baton. He's, he's um, a real altruist. If you think it would about be amazing. It. it would be the one thing that his racist, like, well, that his racist fans would have to be like to point at as achievement. But it would also mean that he helped brown people. So that's not yeah. going to be great. Uh, I don't know. That's all oh, right. Yeah, he won't help out the Browns. Yeah, he probably even hates the it. Cleveland Browns. Right? Whoa, dude, that's good. <laughs> that's good, yo. It's like I don't like it. I don't like that name. Something about it. They're dirty people, the Cleveland Browns. Oh, God. I mean, he's not wrong. It's Cleveland. Yeah, shots fired Cleveland. But it uh, has nothing to do with... Uh, yeah, this, with this hypothetical Trump isn't wrong. Yeah. <laughs> this hypothetical Trump. All right, well, five minutes in, I think I've found the title for this, which is wonderful. Usually I'm searching, I'm grasping, but I loved it. Um, yeah, no, no. I, I uh, Yeah, it's weird to kind of... Don't make fun of me. I, I'm, I'm sputtering. I was clearing my throat. I don't know what you're talking about. It sounded like you were making fun of me. I'm a I think you're just being overly sensitive, man. <laughs> I was just clearing my throat. Uh, yeah. I was, what were you saying before I went on a, a, a good Trump? <laughs> like, that's oh, so weird. I mean, I, I was just talking about ignorance is bliss and we're being constantly confronted with uh, right. all of the world's problems all at once. And we can't, we can only like solve a, a small, tiny cross section of that big problem pie. So. You know, but here's the thing. It's like I had this weird thought and it's like, you know, when, when, when these like idiot Republicans are like, unlike <laughs> you, we don't want to play identity politics. We don't want to put ourselves in boxes and blah, 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 blah. And like, right. and I'm like, you're, you're fucking stupid. At the same time, though, like for mental health, oh, my God, that would be great. It would be great if we didn't have to acknowledge that women are treated like differently like we just fix the fucking problem but since we can't fix the fucking problem we have to talk about it we have to talk about racism because that problem doesn't get fixed and it is exhausting and it's anxiety inducing and it's the yeah. least we can do i'm not saying like oh we shouldn't do it what i'm saying is it like, wouldn't it be amazing if you could get outside of all of that stuff and just think about like humanity <laughs> like like as a species instead of like subdividing and subdividing and subdividing and fucking cubicle upon cubicle it's i don't know it's nuts to me dude it is. And, uh, you know, again, not to bring up uh, ContraPoints again, but she, she made a point recently in a video talking about how she was doing a shoot in a hotel and a, a black man uh, was in the elevator with her alone and it was night yeah. and she or the guy started whistling just to show that he wasn't a threat and like kept a wide berth from her at all times and everything. And it was like this weird tension where she felt awful and he felt awful. Yeah, that's fucking horrific man i don't know but and that's my point it's like okay those are two marginalized groups and yet as what happens all the time in these situations historically it's like we've made them fear each other and maybe yeah. there's precedent to that yeah it's sure like they're in the same way that like i get why my friend skyler's mom gets weird about black people because i'm just like i don't know i wasn't there during the riots but some bad shit happened between the koreans and the black people like that, oh. that I, I understand so, so that's like kind of the source of that prejudice I mean, and I'm sure there were tensions well before that. But mm. yeah, man, when you watch some of those documentaries on the riots and you just have, yeah, it's horrific, dude. And we saw that, by the way, and like do the right thing, right? Like the, mm. the, the Korean grocers are like, they're burning sows and they go over to them. He's like, we're the same, like black. And he's like, no, I'm black. Remember that scene? Yeah. And he's like, fuck me, man. Because no, you get like the Korean guy's technically right. Like y'all had the same path here and it was bad for everyone. 
Uh, and, and it's seriously, it, I don't know. It's just like when you think about that all the time and it's weird because we know that I think even like, I, I'm sure black people know that. I'm sure Korean people know that. I'm sure everyone is aware of that. And yet we can't step outside of that, which breaks my heart because it's like, we have real enemies and it's not white people. It's just, it's, it's the rich versus it's the have versus the have nots. It really is as simple as that. Right. Uh, and it's really sad that we just can't get to the point where someone who has decides to be better to the have nots. Yeah. Um, it, it's, it's a strange thing. There's like some people, Oh, I like that I can hear them. That's that's Brooklyn. I've been missing Brooklyn a lot lately, and it's that. It's the constant fucking sound of people drunkenly walking by your window. It's my yeah. favorite. They're like throwing firecrackers or something, and I don't know. But right, I guess well, we, we shall soldier on, my friend. We will power through. Lee, talk about bringing us to a screeching halt. These, I mean, I guess they're just free spirits. I don't know why I'm hating on them, but these people outside your window... They kind of ruin yeah, they're they're my neighbors. They're just like these middle aged people that were having like a pool fireworks party or something while oh, yeah. it's raining. I don't know. They were that like was... setting off firecrackers. It's currently storming outside. I just shut my window. Uh, the hell yeah. is going on over there, dude? I don't know. It's the end times. Shit's <laughs> shit's getting all weird. <laughs> I uh, I uh, saw that trailer for the new stand. You see that trailer for the new stand adaptation they're doing. I saw like a 30 second teaser. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah, that's about it. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, the end of the world is going to be not that dramatic, I imagine. It's going it to be very slow. And would it be, I feel like it would almost be more comforting if it was that dramatic, you know? Like we, we need like a Randall Flag lich type <laughs> villain, you know, to. <laughs> you've, well, so you've read The Stand, right? Oh, yeah, yeah, I did. Right. So it's very interesting, number one, that's like the good guys, Mother Abigail in Colorado. Uh, mm-hmm. And then Randall Flag in Las Vegas, in Sin City, quite literally. And I'm kind of on Randall Flag's side. Like I know he's evil. Like, don't get me wrong, but I mean, he's got a dope jean jacket. You know, he's living in Vegas, which is like it. It, end times. Where are you going to live, Vegas? It's like the best. It's There's already it already feels like it's the Blade edge Runner of the world. 2049. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like this weird oasis in the desert. Harrison Ford was killing it in Blade Runner 2049. Randall Flagg's killing it in The Stand. Mother Abigail is living in a cornfield. Like, what? <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. What, you have a uh, constant supply of food? Who do you think you are? Well, right. I mean, she got it. Irrigation, agriculture. If you're going to restart, you restart from the bottom. You know what I mean? Yeah. You don't start the top of the pyramid, eh, Max? Why, why are you directing, like, a Max? A Max? I mean, <laughs> what? You, you're, you're calling out her integrity her decision making skill she's 110 years old what the fuck have you ever done no i mean i was i was doing that thing where like i sound upset with somebody but i'm really like secretly complimenting and admiring them you know for their strong decision making you know living in a cornfield that's some good thinking i would probably happens do you want to do drugs at that point i i i I, okay so on our original podcast ever which i'm excited because i think we've kind of landed on maybe doing that for our 100th episode Mm. Uh, years and years ago with the worst audio you can hear fucking lawnmowers and birds and shit oh, did, did like, you recently listen to this i listened to a little bit of it yeah i was okay. like whoa that's amazing <laughs> uh, but but i asked you in one of those podcasts like hey man uh, this is when you were working at that morgue <laughs> and i was right. like i was like do you ever wish that there was like a dump out button on drugs like like if you did lsd 
and then you got called in to go to the morgue, are you going to be like, whoa, abort, you know, like plan B for fucking drugs, or are you going to go to that morgue and it's going to be like that fucking scene from Batman Arkham Asylum with the scarecrow, like the body right. moving and shit like that. I can't that. imagine that would be a good trip. Um, you know, they do always say set and setting is important when you're taking psychedelics. But that's and my point. It's the apocalypse now. Like, you know, society has fallen that the, 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 the firemen don't put out fires anymore, Max. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, are you like, eh, fuck, this is a good time to drop. I mean, full disclosure, I recently have tripped a couple times uh, during a pandemic while our democracy is sitting on a knife's edge between, you know, fascism and not fascism. And uh, it was fun. It was delightful. It was, it was delightful. <laughs> no, it might really, you know, so it, it, first of all, that's what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to make you feel euphoric for the most part, you know, if right. you're not freaked out about it. I told you I was watching Fringe and the, the main character, the scientist on that was just like a total burner in the 70s and the 60s. And all he did is like he constantly talks about like LSD and like hanging mm-hmm. with Timothy Leary and shit. It's like, it's really endearing. Like in between being a genius, he's also just a like degenerate fucking addict of hallucinogens and i love it um but well, like we're if I may, just to add like experiential experientially like what i think that is is like uh psychedelics in general uh allow you to kind of journey inward you know they say it's sort of like uh busting down the door of mindfulness you know just like full steam ahead uh gives you no other option but to kind of dive inwards and like in doing so you're not thinking about like abstract problems you can't solve right then it's more about like what's going on with you right now, you know, living the moment, mindfulness. I'm really scared that I'm just going to do acid and then get into like a writer hole, which happens to me all the time. And I'm just like, ah, oh, fuck. Like, how do I get out a, of this? A writer hole. Like yeah. you're just going to like uh, just start writing a sentence and then get really stuck on the next sentence. And yeah, which happens all the time sober. So throw fucking LSD on top of that. It's like, God damn it. No, the well, reason, but the reason I kind of brought this up was like, I got into this thing and we talk about this all the time in some hmm. form or fashion when I'm like, do we ever just stop and give ourselves credit about, you know, monkey Netflix or whatever? But I was, but I was talking to Dolores while we we're watching fringe and I'm like, God, that it's just so incredible that we figured any of this out. And I'm, and she's like, what that drug scares me. I'm like, sure. Be scared of it. But are you not like so impressed by it? And she's like, in what way? And I'm like, because we're fucking monkeys and we somehow not only figured out, <laughs> chemicals we figured out if you add two of those chemicals it'll make your brain do this and i'm like how the fuck did we figure that out like it's incredible it's like like the fact that all of chemistry is amazing the periodic table of elements is amazing pretty much going down the line of scientific discoveries to the point where we figured out a brain and then figured out what chemicals do this to the brain it's the most fucking amazing thing in the world it's almost more impressive than the internet i'm gonna be honest uh, yeah, I mean, uh, there is, <laughs> you're kind of like shuffling away. Uh, there is that theory, uh, Terrence McKenna, who is a, uh, you know, a, a big, big proponent of- Oh, Stone Ape, is that it? Yep, yeah, yeah, he was a big proponent of the Stone Ape theory, which is, you know, like that was one of the reasons that we kind of catapulted evolutionarily. Uh, I feel and, like that's mostly been disproven, but I like has. the theory behind it, which is right. still like a, a conscious expanding thing. And it, and it serves to reason like that Sapiens book and then the sequel, which is Homo Deus, right? Mm-hmm. So- 
Homo sapiens is able to look at historical context and then talk about what our potential future or, or like what our present is. But then he doesn't have the future to look forward to in Amadeus, right? So at mm. that point, he's looking at like, oh, what we're doing now and how that may affect something. And you apply that to past logic as well. So it makes sense that like, oh, when humans take this mushroom, holy shit, their mind goes, wow, it gets really big. Right. So why wouldn't that happen? And how would they be able to do it? Do you remember... It's so fucked up. I sometimes I, I like I get nightmares about this video, but there was a video on YouTube, and I'm sure it's still there about the cat on LSD. Do you remember that video? Yeah, that, that's just made up animal abuse. Yeah, horrific because thing. they can't even fathom what's happening to them, and so yeah. you're like, okay, well, in between a cat and a human would be the stone date Dude. theory. I, I've actually got to tell you a little story. Um, sorry to like divert you, but there awesome. was an experiment done, I think in the seventies or something, a completely irresponsible, awful experiment uh, where they decided to dose up an elephant with LSD. And not only did they give the elephant LSD, they tried to determine how much they should give it uh, by weight and like oh. converting that, like, you know, oh, from God. human to elephant and yeah. it killed the elephant. It straight up overdosed, seized up and died. Can you overdose legit on? You can overdose on anything. You can overdose on vitamin C. They gave it like, we, we take uh, micrograms. They gave this thing like grams of, of LSD. Oh my God. That's horrific. Why is it always the elephants, man? Like fucking Topsy. Remember when Edison, that piece of shit, he yeah, was like, I'm going to fucking... electrocute this animal. Like what the fuck was that about? I don't know. Edison was just a dick. I think all of his science was just an excuse to, to fuck things up. Do you think an elephant never forgets was just like like Topsy's kid like on the grassy knoll or whatever being like this motherfucker I'm gonna get him one day. How did Edison die? That's all I'm asking. Like uh, suspicious circumstances at best. Right. Elephant sniper is what you're saying. <laughs> saying, can you disprove it? Exactly. I can't. Go fuck yourself. I can't. I you know <laughs> Really coming after me here. Um, yeah, I mean, that's probably where the elephant never forgets thing came from. Elephants are too good for us, man. Animals in general. I, I really should be a vegetarian or something. I saw a cute video of a pig the other day, and I was like, man, I gotta stop eating ham. I gotta stop eating bacon. I love BLTs, though. It's my favorite sandwich. Um, yeah, but, but where does it stop? Didn't they figure out that plants, they don't have central nervous systems, but plants are totally fucking alive? Like, like, uh, like yeah. fungus specifically, they they reach for you. It happens right. very slowly and microcosmic. I learned that from Hannibal. Yeah. Hannibal, man. I mean, that's not yeah. where I learned it, but Hannibal did it. And it got me so fucking on hype that I was like science. Like, I got really <laughs> happy about it. Well, I mean like what's the alternative though? It's like we, we starve, we eat each other. Rocks. Like, rocks. Yep. What rocks if we determine that rocks feel things? Fuck them. They're rocky. Right? Like those stone pieces of shit knew what was up. They shouldn't have been born. They didn't want to be eaten. Well, aren't there like women in Africa that eat clay? Yeah. Maybe we could do that. They're still alive somehow. Want to eat clay, man? You want me to get a bowl of clay? I'll just bring you some clay when I go to LA. We'll be clay LA. Clay. Cl cl yeah. Cl clay. Cl it doesn't work. It doesn't work. work. <laughs> yeah. Like it seems that's like an optical illusion. You're like, it's like the rings that get fucking put together at the carnival. You're like, oh no, this is super fucking right. easy until you try to do it. There's no portmanteau for cl cl L clay. L, L clay. Yeah. doesn't work. It doesn't L work. L clay is like the only clay. way you make that work. And it's just dumb. It's like LA L is in the middle of it too. Like, and what just, is that? Like a type of clay? Like, what are you talking about? L clay, yeah, L -clay man. Uh, it's like EL. It's like the clay. Um, 
I don't know. That's fucking horrific. No, I mean, so so Toilet Monster once told me a story. As you know, Toilet Monster is from the Dominican Republic, but shares the border with Haiti. Uh, right. And she once told me that the insults to a Dominican in the Dominican Republic is to be like, bitch, you're so black, you're a Haitian. It's horrific. Uh, is, but yeah. also to make jokes about clay cookies or dirt, dirt cookies, which... And I don't know if this is true, so don't get mad at me, okay? I'm already the mad at you. Too late. Dominicans, according to them, like, the Haitians will just make brownies and cookies out of dirt, which, like, I can believe that from any impoverished nation that's like, I need to eat something, uh, but I don't want to, I don't want to, like, that, like, Dominicans obviously have a fucking dog in that race, right? So I don't want to fuck with that too much. This just reminds me of, like, that scene in uh, Raising Arizona, which is just an offhand scene where you share in a cell with some guy. <laughs> And guys like just listing off all this shit and he's just like when there were no crawdads to be found we ate sand and he's like you ate sand he's like we ate sand <laughs> okay yeah geniuses those fucking guys they're amazing oh my god no i mean uh yeah i mean the the, the diets of third world countries i think would make all of us really sad like the maduro guy in venezuela like there's mm-hmm. that joke where he's like oh you're on the maduro diet eh like and it's like yeah, i'm starving yeah, like there's no food. So I guess yeah. that's well, a I mean, diet. You know, like all of those uh, people are kind of ripped, though. You got to give it up to them. You know, they're kind of shredded because they are malnourished. Look, do the ends justify the means? Certainly. <laughs> but at what cost? You know what I mean? And it, it's like bone density, apparently. <laughs> and if you're fine with that bargain, <laughs> so be it. <laughs> I do I mean, like that. You, I do you, like, 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 well, when, like astronauts go to space, like they can't walk when they get back, like their bones, like the calcium is diminished in them and shit like that. And right. it's, you never really think about, uh, how regimented your, your, your diet, and your life and your circadian rhythms and all that shit, man, how important it is. It's just strange to me, like how fucking fragile we are, you know, and just how like a, a few weeks in space will literally like diminish your bones. You know, you know what I found out is really interesting. If you go out into space, you don't die right away. Like movies taught us that, like, oh, you freeze instantly. Yeah. You just turn into George Clooney from Gravity and just sort of peacefully float away. D- did he? I don't. I fucking that movie. Well, I, he 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 dips out, and we we don't like yeah. see him die. We don't see him die, but like he's dead. Then he, he comes back. Him. No, remember that scene where he comes back? He's like, hey, what's going on, Sandy? And then he like helps her, being charming as fuck but then he dies again, right? Or is she hallucinating him? I mean, who's to say? That whole movie is a hallucination. Yeah, I didn't love it. She falls into a river that's fucking 20 feet from the shore? I mean, what's the likelihood of that? It's not super likely, but she did it. (laughs) Good for her. The odds were against her. Good for her. (laughs) Old Sandy Bullock. Um, But yeah, man, like I, I know that when you go out into space... Uh, it's much more horrifying than that. You know, you know, radiation happens, your eyeballs explode, your fucking organs cook from the inside out. It's basically like walking into a nuclear reactor, right? Like it's uh, Chernobyl. It's amazing that anyone would want to go there. Like, I, I understand it. I do. Like, I, like I, I don't know, I was high one day and I was like, do you ever just think yeah. about space for a second? And you're like... Yeah. There's like a small fraternity. There's like fewer than a hundred people, I imagine, that have actually like gone out to space. And when we talk about space, we talk about our space. The furthest anyone's ever been from Earth is two hundred and seventy thousand miles, right? Like however right. far the moon is. 
that is so fucking close. That's that's nothing. So it's weird that like even even when we talk about space, like I'm like, oh, that's cool. Nah, bro, you can still see the blue of the Earth. You know what I mean? Like that's right. not space. <laughs> You've been in, into like inner space, which I know is that really dope Joe Dante movie. But that's neither here nor there. Right, where everybody's tiny and they go inside of uh, what is Martin it? Martin Short. Martin, Martin Short. Yeah, Moranis. <laughs> that's a good. All right. Yeah, both Canadian. Yeah, that makes sense to me. It's a good mistake to make. Yeah, you know, they're both funny little guys. Funny little guys. We should send funny little guys to space. Think about it, man. Because like they might die, but that shit's gonna be funny when they do it. <laughs> just like set up different cameras all over the place, just like nebbish Woody Allen types. Let me ask you something. If, if the Challenger explosion happens, that shit's tragic. Okay. Sure. If they cut inside and it was just Steve Martin fucking around on the banjo and Martin Short doing one of his many fucking impressions, Eugene Levy is on the ground because he's a national treasure even though he's not american oh so he would be in nasa he'd be like he's at houston he's running shit being snarky and adorable i really do love eugene levy by the way i've like turned this corner of really realizing how impressive and amazing he is yeah i'd be wasted in space is all i'm saying i know you've never watched it and you probably never will because it's not like an amazing sitcom but it is like a very endearing one um yeah shit's shit's creek and like him and Catherine o'hara both are just such fucking comedic treasures man i'm gonna watch it for them alone i mean i've watched the first two episodes and i liked it i just didn't like ha 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 you know what i'm saying so yeah the best i can say about that show is it's not that kind of show it's sort of like a uh it's like it's like a, a little blanket it's just a it's like comfort tv there's nothing wrong with that He's a snazzy motherfucker. He just won some like lifetime award here. In dude, uh, he's like dapper as fuck. What the hell? I had no idea. Yeah, no, he's not. The weird thing is, he's like, it's the weird situation. Like, you know, like Elliot Gould was a sex symbol at some point, apparently. <laughs> right. But then you see him now, and you're like, how? Right. Eugene Levy, opposite. Like, I've seen him 30 years ago, and it's weird yeah. too because we like the pie movies were prominent when we were kids, right? And that's what it is. Like, he was the dad wearing the polo shirts tucked into his, you know, fucking khakis. You're just like, oh well, back in my day, you know, and he was like the fucking nerd, you know. But now, it's like, he, yo, he, like they could make a whole GQ a on him, like, and you'd be like, yeah, no, he's picking the fucking wardrobe at GQ this goddamn month because he's Eugene Levy and he knows a thing <laughs> too about a thing or two. Uh, I don't know. I just, yeah. So my point is this, that like he seemed old then. So now it's been 24 fucking years or something, 21 years since that. And he somehow looks younger now, even though he's clearly older. I don't know, man. He's he's, he's a treasure. There's some fuckers like that, that just like the older they get, you know, it's like, uh, it's uphill for them. But would you watch like a a comedic space cowboys reimagining with Eugene Levy, Martin Short, Steve Martin and Clint Eastwood returns? Oh, Clint Eastwood's up in the mix, like 90-year-old Clint Eastwood. <laughs> he's like, we're going to go get our friend. And he's talking about Tommy. Doesn't Tommy Lee Jones fucking kill himself at the end of that movie? I don't remember. He's I've actually never seen it. What? Dude, I'm pretty sure the end of the movie is like there's a sacrifice. First of all, they have to get the old space cowboys back together. It makes no sense. It's a nonsensical plot. I don't know who wrote it. I know Clint Eastwood directed it for some reason. Uh, and the end of the movie is Clint Eastwood and Tommy Lee Jones, who are bitter rivals, but they're best friends. Sure. And uh, he like Tommy Lee Jones sacrifices himself. And like one of the final shots is like of a dead Tommy Lee Jones on the fucking moon. Just being like, <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> it's, it's like that shot of like fucking uh, like from South Park where they send the whale to the moon. And it's just like over silent credits, just a dead <laughs> whale on the moon. <laughs> so anyway, those three plus Clint plus Eugene back at Houston. And they're going to go find the ghost of Tommy Lee Jones. And we can even make this, I told you, a weird Ad Astra thing, right? That was our mm-hmm. original pitch. Was This was right. a very strange sequel 
to space cowboys and, and this is what happens when you leave a guy on the moon goes goes a little crazy unencumbered Start. right <laughs> unencumbered an unencumbered tommy that's the last thing we need yeah that guy's been like, like my tommy's of... cumbered <laughs> uh yeah i mean he's been unraveling for a minute obviously <laughs> Like in real life, like you were actually commenting on the mental uh, health and well-being of Tommy Lee Jones. You saw that Ad Astra movie. You're like, this is not a performance. This is a documentary. <laughs> it's exploitative, but God damn it, is it explosive? <laughs> oh, Jesus. Okay. I feel a little bad about the Tommy Lee Jones thing. If he's listening, and we know he's an avid fan. Uh, ELJ has been listening to this podcast since day one. Like one of our first fans, he reached out to us. He was like, I love what you boys are doing. Google gobble. I'm a crazy person. And we were like, all right, I think Tommy's losing it, but we liked the support. Yeah. He's our one Patreon subscriber. And what's weird is we don't even have a Patreon. He like right. sends a handwritten check every month. And we're like, Tommy, I can't catch this. Dude, lately. It's not even been a check. He's just been sending me like a roll of nickels. Oh, dude, it's more efficient. I think his handwriting was going, you saw that shit. I think he forgot that he's not really left-handed. So I, Tommy Lee, what? It didn't make well, any sense. And now hey, just... TLJ, if you're listening, and I know you are, we really appreciate the $5 every other month. It's really helping to, to make this content possible for the people. Right. You're paying my mortgage, man. You think I could do this with a full-time job? Goddamn <laughs> no. Thank you, Tommy, for being... You are living on a knife's edge where that $5 that you don't get sometimes... <laughs> the difference between you being homeless and not no but the good news is like much like my grandmother uh i'm having like five six birthdays a year now you know mm -hmm. like he's sending five six dollars in quarters seven eight times a month like it is starting right. to really add up i put that in my shoe shoe money so this is michael that's michael scott right isn't he do that like where is his nana is I mean, he may have started to, it starting to lose <laughs> but i perfected it because <laughs> like clj is my you perfected <laughs> receiving unsolicited money from a, a senile Tommy Lee Jones. <laughs> I hope he just comes out, makes like the most sobering, like, I'm fine. <laughs> like, you know I'm what I mean? fine. <laughs> I had a dream about my dad. <laughs> and I woke up. <laughs> like, all right, God. Tommy, you're not in a movie, man. You're in real life. Um, if you think, what if God was one of us, Max? What which actor would he be? Who do you think God is masquerading around as right now? It would have to be somebody that we would not suspect, right? Like it wouldn't be a Morgan Freeman type. Oh, I think that that was the mistake yeah. that those films made. Hiding in know? plain sight. Sort yeah, of like, it would be like a DJ Qualls, you know? It would be like a, somebody you would never call, you know? Like you never think in a million years, oh, that Chad guy. Michael Murray, Shane West, any of those sure. like any, turn any of the of century. Those, any of those jabronis. <laughs> pretty good yeah i don't know i mean uh, i don't even know the prospect of that you know what i'm saying like who would i want it to be would i want it to be someone like really well established and a good person or someone like i don't know like cardi b like if cardi b turns out to be god fucking kill me you know what i'm saying like and, yeah, and you're still on that hating cardi b train oh i hate her i think she's abhorrent but i do like that she's currently like she made an ass out of ben shapiro and that makes me feel very right. happy you know wap man wap wap Wah, wah. <laughs> it's amazing that that pissed him off so much that he that he felt so you know like... do, do you think that in part he thrives though off of that level of like 
you know, uh, humiliation in a way? Like, do you think that his popularity in some way like that, that just at least gets him mentions that gets him trending on a regular basis? Even uh, if he's embarrassing himself? No, I think he likes embarrassing himself in the same way that he probably lets people fuck his wife. Like he's a cuck in every way. So Whoa. like the punishment is the, is the reward. It's a real Ben Shapiro yeah. presents Hellraiser. You know what I mean? Well, what, what, wasn't that like one of the things is that like his wife told him that it's like, my, my wife is a doctor. And she said <laughs> that if uh, a woman uh, is uh, that wet, then she probably has a medical condition. Right. Something like that. Yeah, and then he basically just like the that biggest he can't get fucking his wife wet. Yeah, it's yeah, great. He's like <laughs> the biggest fucking cell phone in the world. It's beautiful. It's That's almost really adorable. adorable. Yeah, it is right. Like you're like, oh, slugger, you jostle his hair. <laughs> you're like, right. All right, Ben. It's like that that level of human. It, it, it almost humanizes these people. It was like the same with that Axios interview that we were talking about. Like with the, oh, come on, you can't do that, Jonathan. <laughs> Do we talk about this on mic yeah, or not? We, we, I'm pretty sure we did, but um, oh god, it's the most adorable thing in the fucking world, and I hate trying. I do, but man, for one, I'm drunk at the bar. It's last call, squint your eyes moment. Trump yeah, was kind of adorable. Like a helpless child. <laughs> he just needs help. He just needs help. This poor. Ah, that's it. I I ran out of steam before the end of that sentence well it was it was sort of like capone at the end of his life i watched that tom hardy movie i don't know if you've seen it yet i don't know how um, is it? it's it's at the very least interesting i would say like it's worth watching kyle mclaughlin's in it which is cool into cartellini tom hardy doing something um but i don't know how much you know about al capone near the end of his life but uh, he was like he, syphilitic and dementia riddled right it, yeah um to the point where like he was he was like stupid as shit uh, near the end of his life they like let him go because they're like this guy is not gonna learn anything from prison he's a fucking baby brain oh, um that's yeah sweet. it was it, well it's really sad because Back like, when we had is... compassionate release for people <laughs> murderers you know if you're a high profile murderer you're good to go um but no he was legit like uh, trying to f- go fishing in his backyard pool and like thinking that he would catch a fish out there it's like he didn't understand that's like a fucking uh, uh, like fences, like August Wilson fucking moment. Like you ever see fences? Because the whole part is like Denzel's brother, or the main character's brother. He's like he's mentally uh, handicapped, and he just keeps wanting to play the trumpet, but he can't mm-hmm. play the trumpet at all. And then at the very end, fucking spoiler alert: Denzel's dead. They're doing the eulogy and stuff like that, and he's able to hit this Please. one incredible fucking note. It's beautiful, and every version of fences I've ever seen is so beautiful. I've actually never seen fences. Oh God, it's like it is really fucking yeah. lovely you should watch it yeah um and and the, the last ver- if you get a chance watch the stage version with james earl jones and courtney okay. b vance that is like that's as top as it gets but the denzel version is pretty good too um courtney but, b. but that would be the thing where like the whole movie is trying to catch and like how do you end that movie pulls the thing up and he's got a fish and you're like, oh my god, it's magical realism. And it's just like, no, he went to the store. He's not as dumb as he looks. He got a fish and put it on the hook. You're all being hoodwinked by this syphilitic rat fuck. And I just, go home. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Like, what are they gonna do? What are they gonna respond in that scenario? You know, like they got. Like I already of- am home. Jokes on you. Oh, poor Al. I actually yeah. feel bad for him, dude. I watched Aladdin the other day, like from front to back. Um. Why are you saying that like it's an accomplishment? It kind of is, and I'll tell you why. Because here's the thing. The beginning of that movie, I think we've all forgotten how 
like lit and dark the first 10 minutes of the, that movie is like you get past the like the opening like hop a carpet and fly to another Arabian nights like that part's fine mm-hmm. right? but mm-hmm. then when they actually cut to like Jafar out in the for uh, out in the desert with that one vagrant dude who's like you know like gonna get chomped by the lion thing it's it's dark it's like unrepentingly dark and metal and you're like whoa then they got a PG that shit with Robin Williams and he's great in it. But I was really just impressed at how dark Disney got for five minutes. I mean, Disney did have its moments and I, I'm not going to, you know, uh, decry like the, the loss of that. Cause I haven't engaged with Disney children's films in a long time. I don't really know what they're putting out there, but like the, they had some pretty metal villains back in the day. Um, who, who would you say is the best Disney villain by the way? If you had to oh, pick one, God, and I, okay. I, I'm not sure I have an answer to this, right? Because because I think we're talking about a very specific time period, right? Like I would, right. I'm like Hercules is already outside of the, but that's done. I'm not right. fucking with that. Um, okay, so I think what you're saying is Little Mermaid to Lion King, Pocahontas, yeah, let, maybe. Uh, yeah, let's say like the mid '90s VHS era Disney. Dude, I don't know. Scar is great, but Scar is fucking like it's Hamlet. You know what I'm saying? So like, there's right. precedent for that. Where you know Jafar, Jafar is such a bad bitch, bro. He really is. Right. I kind of love that. Wearing and, his wearing his eyeliner and his big hat and trying. And to he gets his hands Jasmine. dirty. He dresses up like that old dude and tricks Aladdin into the thing to begin with. Remember? So that's it's true. like he's not sending a henchman. He's doing it himself, and I think that says a lot about his work ethic. Ursula also fucking amazing. Yeah. All of them, I'm realizing, kind of like LGBT analogs, like Ursula, total drag queen, you know, Jafar, kind of a, you know, kind of a saucy bitch, you know? Yeah. Also, who's also gonna get married, up. not for love, but for power, like as a, totally. as a beard, you know? Yeah, and then fucking Scar, like, let's be real, gay, gayest Disney character of all time. <laughs> Yeah, but he was like he is like the Fraser Crane, like like you know, like sophisticated coastal elite gay of that. You know what I mean? Like, because he seems eloquent as fuck. Like all he didn't do was drop a needle on a fucking uh, Miles Davis record in that movie, which would have been anachronistic but awesome. Right, but I mean, he went out there to to the Badlands and he found the hyenas. He made his own family because he didn't feel at home in a place with his you know biological family. He made a life for himself, and then he said, "You know what? I'm remaking the world in my own weird image." And everything's on fire for some reason. It is really amazing that everything, yeah, was on fire in that third act of Lion King. How did a lion accomplish that? That's my question. Well, he's an Eagle Scout. They don't go into (laughs) it, but, you know, like, because that's American propaganda. He obviously spent a year abroad and he picked up some radical ideas. Right. He went to Europe or whatever. You you give that lion two sticks to rub together, he will uh, create a fucking fire. (laughs) But he's like a lion arsonist. He's just going around. Like, anytime there's like, "Ah, fucking, I'm going, I'm upside down on this goddamn house. I got a guy you can call. Well, he's not a guy, but he's he's the best (laughs) in the game. And they call Scar. He just sits there like he's a lion starting a fire. It's a Lizzie Borden situation. Lizzie Borden gets off because they're like, surely a woman could never do this. And it's like, (sighs) Lion can't start a fire. Acquitted, Your Honor. And then he just walk out. Start a fire in front of him. No one cares. It goes to Lion Court. I, I just want to see like a, a Lion King where it's like super dramatic and, you know, like uh, visceral and all that. And like it just cuts to like a safari people like, all right, now over here we got the lions. And it's just some lions going. Aaron and then the movie Sorkin's just ends abruptly. <laughs> it's way talkier. Sorkin's like, come on, walk and talk with me down this fucking you know bone island or whatever the fuck they are that was the other thing on top of the fire when they go to the badlands like it is just like apocalyptic 
fucking bones everywhere, right. like where the dinosaurs Bone all gathered and, and died. Scorched earth, woolly mammoth bones and shit. And like, what the fuck happened? Why is there a part of this place that's on fire all the time where nothing grows? Why would Scar want that? I, well, I think we answered that he's the best villain, right? Like, he's, there's nuance. There's layers here, man. He really, yeah, he really uh, he makes you ask the big questions. Like, why are you doing anything? What's happening? Are we paying the same lip service? <laughs> What's happening? 